Well, good morning. I need Heather here. I put this shirt on. I've got stains on it, and uh, she wouldn't let me walk out of the house like this probably. So, Heather, if you're watching, hurry up. Get here. So we're still in the fruit of the spirit. This week we're talking about patience, and uh, I, I was reviewing all this this morning, and I thought, well, you know, I don't know that I really hit on patience all that much. And if we remember from a few weeks ago, or maybe last week, that patience is one of uh, one of the fruit that is not really uh, vibrantly blossoming in my life, I don't think. But uh, I, I don't know how to. I, I, it's not my job to teach patience. The point of this message is that Jesus is very patient with us. So let's get into it. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 26. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified, crucified the flesh with its passion, passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another. So Rodney called me this week, and he said uh, the parsonage is going to be ready Friday for um, Cassandra's moving out, and you all can move your stuff in. And that that brought me great uh, love for Rodney. I said, "Thank you, Rodney. That's great." And it, and, it, and it brought me great joy and and peace, knowing that all this plan was coming together. So the first thing I did was call Duke Energy to to set up the electricity at the house, and I immediately lost all patience <laughs> because I was on the phone for 30 minutes. And But it was good. It, it wasn't good. It was bad. But it was good for this sermon because I, I sat there for 30 minutes, and I, they switched me from one operator to the next. And, and I thought, you know, why am I getting so impatient when I'm calling from this? Uh, okay, I'm sitting on a couch calling to set up electricity for the house you know i didn't have to i don't mean this to sound arrogant i didn't have to work that hard to make money to pay my energy bill okay if i want to turn a light on all i have to do is walk over and flip a switch if i get hot in the summer i walk to the thermostat and press the down arrow and if i get cold in the winter i walk over and press the up arrow yet i get so impatient with a 30-minute phone call for these modern conveniences and why is that the case? Because I'm selfish. You know, remember Paul said, what a wretched man I am. Who's going to deliver me from this body of death? And I don't have a lot of patience. And it's, and it's, in, the, it's in the monotony of our, our comfortable American life that, that, that becomes so clear how impatient we are with all of these conveniences that we have. And these things are a luxury. Flipping a light switch on is a luxury, you know. A phone call to a company who can, from a computer somewhere, turn your power on, or maybe they have to come out, I don't know how it works, but these things are a luxury, and we treat, we treat stuff like this like it's a big deal, or uh, we, we need to have an attitude of gratitude, and I didn't mean to say, I didn't want that to round. We need to have, a, we need to have humility and gratitude for these things, because not everybody in the world has them. So, Another day this week, I think I think it was actually before the uh, Duke Energy phone call, but I was up at the YMCA and I met this, I was walking on the treadmill and there were three little boys beside me and their mom was on the treadmill next to them. And they were walking and one of the older boys started to run on the treadmill and he 
he lost control and he hit the treadmill and flew off the back. And the two little boys directly beside me looked up at me and laughed. They were like, can we laugh? Are, are we allowed to laugh at this? And I chuckled, but I knew it hurt. That boy was sitting there getting his knee burned up on that treadmill. So we've all seen YouTube videos of this exact same thing happening. But so I checked on the boy and these people obviously weren't from Boone County. The, the woman had a, I think it's called a hijab. She was Muslim. And, uh, you know, we shared a laugh. I checked on the boy. I could tell that they, I could tell that they spoke some English cause I could hear him talking, but so I checked on him and we all went about our business. And as I was leaving there, they were out front in the lobby. And, uh, I, I again asked the boy, you all right? And he said, yeah, I'm good. And we all walked out together and I asked the woman, I said, where are you all from? I knew they were from Africa somewhere. I said, where in Africa? I didn't say in Africa. I said, where are y'all from? And she said, Somalia. And Somalia is two countries north of Tanzania. So it's Tanzania, Kenya, Somalia. And I told her I'd been to Tanzania last year and she was excited about that. And, and we got to have a little conversation about that. And, uh, and it was all smiles and the boys, the boys were a little standoffish, the oldest one especially. But the woman was very friendly and, and I don't know Muslim culture or I don't know the rules, but I stuck out my hand to shake her hand and say, hi, my name's Tink, it's nice to meet you. I hope to see you all again here. And she said, I can't shake your hand because I'm a Muslim, because I was a man, I guess. And um, it just broke my heart that, you know, this. I asked her why, why she left Somalia and how long she lived here. And she said, she's lived here since 2004. And I know the state of Somalia is rough. They're always in civil war, but I asked, why, why did you move? And she said, our country is not, it's not a good country where there's, there's war and death and civil war. And it's just a not, it's not a safe place to be. So again, she, she wouldn't shake my hand, but she was cheerful in the conversation, but it just broke my heart that this woman is a refugee from a country that is war torn. And she comes here seeking freedom and she's still bound by the, the chains of Islam trying to follow all these rules and I don't know all the rules. I don't know the ins and outs of Islam, but it just broke my heart for her. And, um, anyway, it just took me back to the Duke energy here. I am fussing about a 30 minute phone call and I, and it just made me think like, when's the last time you ever thought about leaving the United States because of civil war or famine or disease? We don't, we don't even consider these things. So Life is hard and confusing. Life in America is hard, but life in Somalia is much harder. And my point is this, we live easy li lives here in America. And I know we all have, we all have struggles and stuff, but my patience gets tested with things that, that would be an absolute luxury or an, it, it, it's a, it's a necessity. We need water. We, we call the water company. Well, not here. We don't call the water company, but we have water available. And these places like Somalia, they don't have these things. So this is what I experienced this week, just as I was preparing this message. Um, I just realized how impatient I truly am. And I already said it once, but Paul said, oh, what a wretched man I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Well, the answer to that is Jesus. Jesus is very patient. Think about the patience of Jesus. He's been around since the very beginning. He, he's been part of the story. He has been the story from the beginning. And our posture should be gratitude and humility, not impatience. So I want to read 
John chapter 1, verses 1 through 16 to, to talk about Jesus having been around since the beginning. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 16. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, and all might, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming to the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, this was he this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. So Jesus has been with us through, through the very beginning. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And when Jesus started his ministry on earth, he would reveal himself to people like, to the, he revealed himself to the Jews and the Jews said, Aren't you just aren't you the son of Joseph and Mary right down the street there? And uh, they just didn't believe him. Can you imagine? You are you. We're not Jesus, but imagine being Jesus, and you and you finally come to Earth after all these years, and you reveal yourself to your to people, and you're still denied. That how much impatience would we have had with that? And he. Obviously, he didn't fall into the sin of impatience because he is God and he is without sin. But this is important to hear. And it's true in, in what we read. Not everyone we encounter is going to believe. Not everyone is going to inherit the kingdom. If people rejected Jesus to his face, they will reject him from our mouths. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter it enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Listen to the words of Jesus in John chapter 6, verses 35 through 48. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him because, of, because he said, I am, the bread of, I am the bread that comes down from heaven. They said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? 
How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written to the prophet, it is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me, not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God has seen the Father. So Jesus is telling the Jews here that he is in fact God, and they grumble and don't believe the message. Jesus goes on to tell the disciples that only some will believe and some won't in, uh, later in chapter 6. Verses 60 through 71, he says, When many of his disciples heard it, the message of him, uh, Jesus being God, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to the Father unless no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed, and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve? And yet one of you, a devil, is a devil. He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. So I love that verse that Peter says, Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away? The, the 12 people left, or, or disciples were leaving, and he said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? And Simon Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and come to know you that you are God. So there's going to be times where we start to lose patience in our walk with Jesus. We're going to... We, we, we lose patience with Duke Energy on the phone, but there's going to be times when we lose patience in our walk with Jesus, and it's, and it's a hard time. But when we begin to lose our patience, we need to think to verses like, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. So it's important for us to be in the Word to know that when, when we're struggling with our walk, this word, this, this word brings life, and if we don't know it, no life. So, to whom shall we go? You are God, and I'm with you, so I, am, I will not depart. Jesus is the author of life, and he's invited us into an eternal relationship with him. This means our relationship with him will last forever. But for a little while, we have to deal with the earthly things like Duke Energy phone calls. Earth is imperfect. Our life on earth is imperfect. And if you think about earth, if you, if you think about life on earth, only a few people really are in relationship with Jesus. Think about Somalia, and I'll talk about Somalia more in a minute. But places, America's different because at least people pretend to be Christian when other countries, they don't, they've never even heard the gospel. So just know that there are many, many lost people in the world. And the world 
I wanted to say there's evil everywhere in the world too. The world is both beautifully created by an almighty God and it's completely destroyed by sin all at the same time. But Jesus says in John chapter 16, verse 33, he says, I have said these things to you that in time you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I'm going to read it one more time. He didn't say it three times, but I'm going to read it three times. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This is good news for us. Do you all remember the story of Jonah a couple weeks ago, months ago? How, I don't know how long ago it was now, but God told Jonah to do specific things, and Jonah went every way except the way that God told him to go. And Jesus recapped the story in Matthew chapter 12. He says, For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the, ju at the judgment, with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. I just, I, I addressed this when I spoke about Jonah the last time, but I just love how Jonah failed like 20 times in the book to do what God told him to do. And when Jesus recaps Jonah's successful preaching, he never says one word about Jonah's failures. Not one thing did he say negatively. He didn't say, that fool Jonah, went on down to the port of Joppa or wherever he went and got on a boat headed the total opposite direction. There's no mention of that. He just says, the Ninevites repented at the preaching of Jonah. God is patient with us and we should be patient with him. We should be patient with others and we should be patient with ourselves. God loves us and he has already conquered the world and all the troubles that come with the world. Remember, in the world you will have tribulation but take heart, I have overcome the world. So the whole point of today's message is I can't teach you how to be patient because I'm not even patient myself. But when we face times of impatience, we must fix our eyes on Jesus. And as a reminder, I want to say that the primary practical way that we can do that is through the Word. And if we're just coming to church on Sundays and listening to me, or coming on to Sunday school and listening to John or whoever, whoever the teacher is in the room we go to, that's not enough. It is our personal responsibility to open this book up and, and read it and let it shape our lives. And if we're not in the Word daily or weekly, it's impossible for us to walk successfully, successfully with Jesus. Our walk won't go well if we're not in the Word because there's, there's mountaintops and there's valleys. And when you're at the mountaintop, you think, oh, this is, everything's going great. But then you have a three-year valley stretch and that's when things don't go well but you'll eventually climb back out of it but slow and steady obedience to the father is the key to fruit production think about you all are a agriculture uh gianna's shaking her head yes think about think about your 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 life with jesus like this or specifically your time in the word you want to water let me read it so i, I, I had to I'm better at forming my thoughts on paper. Think about your time in the Word as watering plants. If you don't water the plant at all, it will die. If you water the plant too much, it floods out and dies. Don't flood yourself. Don't try to read. Don't, don't go home tonight and read the whole Old Testament. You'll, your head will explode. Take small bites, but do it often. A little water here, a little water there, and next thing you know, you'll be producing fruit. 
And then I'm going to tell you a personal story. About a year ago, I don't maybe more than that now, but I was getting frustrated and impatient with with where I was, where my maturity was, in a certain in a in a small certain area of my life. I had I had a little I had a bit of sin in my life that wasn't going away as quickly as I preferred. And I thought, God, I, I feel like I'm, I've given my life to you. I'm trying to do what I can to, to be pure. And why, why do I still have this thorn in my side? And, and, and that went on for a long time. And then something else in my life happened that was, that was pretty devastating. But I, f but I felt much peace and much patience and, and surprisingly some joy in that bit of suffering. And it was like God was telling me, look, I know that, you know, I might keep this thorn in your side your whole life, but I'm growing you. So don't have an expectation that God is going to just take everything that you struggle with away. Because if you're in the word and, and you're, you're doing what you can to follow Jesus, he is producing fruit in your life, though it might not be the fruit that we desire all the time. He is, he is producing fruit. And this, that story is supposed to, it's meant to be an encouragement. And I've shared, I've shared more details about this story with close friends and, and, and I, and they will ask me like, how did, how do you, how did you get to this point? These are kind of like, uh, fringe Christian close friends. How do you, how'd you get to the, the point you're at now? And I said, just slow and steady obedience, you know? I didn't, I don't do anything dramatic. I just read, I just have a desire for the word and I read it and it shapes your whole life. Let me gather myself here. So just through slow and steady obedience, he will continue to grow you. Don't, don't, you can't just like squeeze. You can't just, God, I want patience. Like, He'll, he'll give it to you. It's just going to take some time. Be patient with asking for patience. So I like to think of, of uh, as, I, as I go to conclude these on this little iPad, I like to think of the conclusion as landing a plane. But Dale, we're going we're gonna to take off today. We're going to go on a little trip. I know you're never going to go to Somalia. I don't know if you're ever even going to go to Kenton County. But today we're going to travel to Somalia and I'm going to ask Josh to play a video and if it doesn't have any sound, you can just turn it off. But um, that my, I have a heart for missions and I have, I have a heart for, uh, I have a heart for the lost. And there's a, there's a couple mission organizations that they focus on numbers and Somalia is 0.01% evangelical, which means 0.01% of the people there believe the gospel and are living it out. And there's 18 million people in Somalia, so 18,000 people have heard the gospel and believe it. And let me find my other stat. That stat came from uh, the Joshua Project, and they just analyze all these unreached people groups. And unreached means people that have not heard the gospel and don't have access to the gospel. And Open Doors says that uh, in 2021, they said that Somalia was the top, was the number three hardest country to follow Jesus in the world. And 
there's many countries africa there's there's several countries like this afghanistan is like this so like the the top 10 list would be like pakistan iran somalia afghanistan these these countries that we think of where there's serious persecution and not only is their persecution but their way of life is not healthy it's they don't they just don't have the things that we have so i i think to, to sum all this up i just think that Though we, though we struggle with patience in the, in the monotony of life, we need to have a foundation of gratitude and humility. God chose that we would be born in this country. I'm not, this is not a political speech about how great our country is. We live in America where we have everything we need for the most part, all, the, all of our necessities, so as we feel this impatience boiling in our body, let's just get that out of here because we, our lives here are good and we can proclaim the gospel freely and not get uh, run after with machetes or whatever everybody else deals with. Uh, I think that's all I have to say. I just, I, I just, I just want to, I do, I am grateful. Uh, and I just pray that, that this, impatience with our way of life uh, and, and our impatience with each other. We're impatient with each other too. So I'm going to pray and, I'm, and we're going to show this video. And if anybody has any questions about salvation or again, if you, if you just want to talk about spiritual things, please, if you don't want to do it right now, contact me and we can do it during the week. Father, I'm grateful that we live here in this country where we are free, and uh, I just pray for countries like Somalia that, that your word uh, grows there and moves there and that more people will be saved and come to know you. And I feel like this message was kind of all over the place and scatterbrained, and I'm, I just hope and pray that somebody got something out of it. And um, again, I'm just grateful for you. I'm grateful to have met the woman at the YMCA the other day, and I hope that, that I'm able to continue to have conversations with her and, and any other people that I encounter anywhere I go. I just want to proclaim your name to, to people in America and Somalia. And in a lot of ways, you've brought the nations to us, especially in this region right here. I'm from Springfield and I could not find a Muslim there if I tried. So I'm grateful that you have planted me in a place where there are plenty of diverse people groups. I pray all of these things in Jesus name. Amen. See if you can't play that video with some volume. Father, we lift your holy name. We thank you that you are God. So you know Somalia, you know everything that goes on there. And we thank you for the nation of Somalia. We thank you for what has happened over the years and we thank you that with your divine intervention, there is going to be restoration. Father, Somalia has gone through a lot. The precious, precious people of Somalia have seen suffering. They've seen pain, pain beyond human description. Oh, Somalia has been known as Africa's most failed nation. It's also known as the most lawless nation in the world. Somalia is a broken nation, Lord. They've seen lawlessness. They've seen 
terrorism, they've seen murders, heartless killings, family has killed thousands, and so many things. They've seen pirates hijacking and, and ships on the high seas. They've seen so many negativity. It's a broken nation that needs divine restoration. Only you can intervene, Lord. We pray, we pray, Lord, we cry out for the beautiful nation of Somalia. The only God Almighty can intervene for political stability, for peace, for restoration, for healing, for a nation to be healed. We cry out for a nation to be healed, and for a nation to know Jesus, and for your name to be exalted, that all that the enemy means for evil, you will turn it to good, Lord. We pray for the Somalis who are outside in the diaspora, who have scattered across the world, that they will come to know Jesus, and they will go back to their nations as missionaries. We pray also you send more missionaries, and at the end of the day, your name will be glorified, and Somalia shall be saved. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.